Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Povetkin. Post-fight thoughts. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Before I jump into this next episode, I just want to remind you guys you can follow me on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor.fm, and of course, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash fightjunkie2006. So let's jump into the main event here, because that's what most people were interested in. Obviously, the Povek and Joshua fight. I thought it turned out to be a really good scrap. Povekin, as we touched on in our previous uh, fight podcast, which, by the way, if you guys missed it or you want to re-listen to it, double-check what I'm saying, what I said, whatever the case is, you can click on that little card icon in the top right corner of this podcast. It should pop up. There'll be a video. It'll be linked back to that podcast where we talked over the predictions and what we liked. Anyway, back to the fight. So it was a good little scrap. Obviously, Povekin was coming in at 40. We talked about the PEDs. We talked about maybe he was on the downslide. But coming into this fight, man, he was ready. He looked good early. He even stunned Joshua a time or two. And he was fighting his style. That's one of the things we talked about. One of the reasons I like the fight to go some rounds was because Povekin fights big guys. That's what he does. He's not a big heavyweight and so he knows how to fight those guys and he had that success we talked about it with those looping shots how he's able to time those big guys pulling out those guys are not used to being able to be hit they're six 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 seven six eight six nine they're huge they're not used to guys that are shorter than them being able to catch them as they pull out. And a lot of times they don't do it defensively sound. They pull out with their chin up. So Povekin was really good in that aspect, but he also did a lot better work than he normally does on the inside. Now, I know most people are going to say he always does work on the inside. By that, what I mean is staying on the inside. A lot of times he would go into the inside and then come back out. Against Joshua, he did not do that. And that was smart because that would have been a fatal flaw. A lot of the times when he got in, he was throwing his body shots and throwing his uppercuts and he was having success there in the end the power the power the power kaboom 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 i mean what can you say joshua's got power it reminds me a lot of wilder in that respect as you can get away with making mistakes when you got that kind of double shock power because all it takes is one mistake and boom up until that point, I thought Povetkin was doing what he needed to do. I thought it was a good, close, competitive fight. There were things in Joshua that I didn't like that I saw, and I'll go over that in a second. But overall, it looked to me like I was on course. Remember, I said it was going to go some rounds, and I actually liked that uh, Joshua decision or even the over. I thought we were going to get rounds. Povetkin's tough. He was going to be able to weather some of the storms. And it was look, it was looking that way. I was confident going into that fifth, sixth round, even the seventh round. I was like, okay, we're getting up there now, right? We're going to be going into eight. We're getting into that area. Now, remember, the books thought eight and a half. So they were really close as well as when this was going to end. They figured eight and a half. And he would stop him. He did it a little bit earlier, but I got to give props to the books there. They capped that perfectly. But I was thinking I was okay, like anybody was taking the long odds. Obviously, that wasn't the uh, 
prevailing thought was he was going to go to the cards. We were getting very good odds on it. I capped it. I said we were going to go some rounds, and it was heading that way. So I thought we were okay. But then the double shot came, boom, the right hand. And the first time he wobbled him, I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. Because up until that point, Joshua had been timid. And this was something that we talked about. Again, if you want to, if you missed it or you want to go back and make sure what I'm spitting is the truth, go click on that video up in the right-hand corner of this podcast and it will take you to my pre-fight predictions. We talked about Joshua potentially using this safety first style that he used effectively against Parker. And we saw shades of that. During those first six rounds, Joshua really was controlling the fight. I don't want to say controlling. His offense was based off the jab. Povetkin was doing the combinations and the power punching. That wasn't from Joshua. Joshua was using the jab. And I said going into this fight, I thought that was a good tactic. Now, that doesn't mean I like to watch it. I much prefer that aggressive power punching Joshua who's exciting, but for the longevity of his career, trying to unify all the titles, a potential fight with the Fury Wilder winner, I understand where they're coming from. They need to add more tools to the toolbox, and they need him to be able to box at times, conserve stamina, and then, of course, he's always got that power to rely on. And I think we saw that tonight, and we definitely saw it with the Parker fight. So for future reference, everybody who automatically assumes that Joshua's going to go out and blast everybody out, you're going to get burned at some point. I'm telling you that right now. His fights tend to go some rounds, and even though he has that power and can turn the lights out at any time, when he gets in his boxing mode, the fights go rounds. You saw that tonight, and you saw that against Parker. What he did to Alexander Povetkin tonight is what I thought he should have done to Parker. Now remember, I rate Povetkin way higher than I do Parker. And after this performance, I still rate him way higher than I do Parker. He had way more success in six rounds than Parker did in 12 rounds because he came to fight. He forced the fight and he said, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And that was his game plan. He came in, he did what he had to do, and he did it to the best of his ability. And he had success. Nobody can say he did not have success. Even though Joshua ended up sparking him out, he still had success. So he fought a totally different fight than the safety first Parker. Joshua fought a similar fight as he did to Parker, but Povetkin was right on him, right on him, right on him. And I thought I saw a little bit of fatigue set in with Joshua Joshua around like the fifth round. It looked to me like he wasn't as comfortable as he should be. And that was pretty much the case since the second round, I believe it was, when Povetkin hurt him. He didn't look comfortable to me. He was still doing what he needed to do, but his offense was limited. He was just basically using the jab and just his body language, his facial expressions. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look like the the comfortable, I'm in control Joshua that we're used to seeing. Even in the Parker fight, he didn't look like that to me. In this fight, he looked like, wait a minute, this guy could be a legitimate threat even though he's 40 years old. And then as the rounds went on, he was still kind of in that mode. But as soon as he can unleash a right hand or a left hook, obviously anything can change. And back to my Wilder comparison, it's the same thing. Technically, AJ is way better than Wilder. But Wilder's able to get away with all these mistakes because when he hits you, you go to sleep. And so if they teach um, AJ to use this boxing safety first style, but 
open up when you get the opening that's dangerous for his opponents man because he's able to conserve some of his, of his energy he's able to keep his defense better and nice and tight so he's not getting caught again we talked about all this prior to the fight and then when he opens up there's always that chance that that bomb lands and somebody is going to sleep and that's exactly what happened in this fight I was surprised Povetkin got up, honestly. I rated this guy as tough, and he proved to me he is tough because most people would have not gotten up from that first knockdown. And he got up, and then he took another one, and he still only stumbled back. He actually finally hit the canvas, but he was still fighting to stand up. The guy is tough, and remember, he's 40 years old. Prior to this, he only had one loss. It was the Klitschko, and he went the distance. So AJ really did do something impressive, even though he was 40 and a lot of people gave him no shot I gave him a shot as far as toughness goes and I think he proved that that he was tough so I don't think that was anything wrong with the cap we always knew it was dangerous if AJ could land and it was a matter of if he was going to go for it and when he did land and Povetkin got up he went for it and that was a question would he go for it so he still has a killer instinct it's just in certain situations so if you're capping them in future fights, obviously the opponent's going to be a big deal. The opponent's style, the opponent's toughness, you got to have toughness. That's all there is to it. Otherwise, when he does hit you, it's one and done and you're out. Look, Povetkin's very tough, and he almost one-punched him right there. So anybody that's less tough than a Povetkin who maybe doesn't have the heart or doesn't have the will, the mental toughness, you're going bye-bye. So you got to be tough. But you've when you're capping him, you've got to look at, can it go rounds? I only heard a few people saying he was going to wreck Povetkin. That wasn't the prevailing thought. I do have to say that. Most people who picked AJ thought it was going to go mid to late. And then there were some a few people like myself that thought maybe we could get to a decision. And I think all of that was respectable. And all of that was 100% accurate capping. A mid to late round maybe decision. And I heard those rumblings back and forth from people I respect. People I don't know. Just a general consensus was if he got him, it was going to go rounds. And I think that showed in the odds. I think that showed in the, the book setting the line at that 8.5 number. Where it swapped and that's where it was favored to end. And I think it showed that in the fight just stylistically the way they fought the toughness the styles him being able to hurt AJ AJ going into his boxing mode I think all of that came together and it really did show that you know there are strengths and weaknesses to AJ that you have to really look look at and look closely especially if we're talking about a potential wilder fight and even a fury fight depending on who wins because there are aspects to things that he would have to change up depending on who wins that fight. So I won't go into that right now because I kind of want to save that for the future because obviously we're getting Fury Wilder in December. AJ says he wants the fight, uh, the winner. After that, I hope it happens. I personally believe there's so much money that it has to happen. I don't know if it happens here in the U.S. or if it goes to the U.K. I think Joshua sold out like eighty or 90,000 arena tonight. So if that's the case, then in my opinion, you bring it to the U.K. because it's such a big money fight. And I don't think Wilder would be looking to go to the cards anyway. So I don't think that would really hurt him as far as like, am I going to get a fair shake or something like that? The guy goes for knockouts. That's what he does. And it's kill or be killed. So... 
And the same thing with Fury. I don't think Fury would have trouble going over to the UK, obviously. Uh, that would do huge numbers over there. I don't think that would be a problem at all. It'd probably be easier for them to make a AJ Fury fight than it would an AJ Wilder fight because we've been through that mess, what, two or three times already. So again, I won't dwell on that too much. But uh, overall, I thought the both fighters did good stuff at different times. And AJ closed the show. And you know what? That's all you can ask of him. I can't fault him for the safety first. I'm going to use my jab. I'm going to try to win rounds based on, you know, my height, my reach, my just technical ability. And if the opportunity comes, I'm going to knock you out. I said going into that, I thought that was the right game plan. A lot of people weren't happy with it because uh, Povekin had some success. And I guess they expected AJ just to dominate all the way through. And it's kind of a a bit of a process now. We're trying to get used to the new style of AJ where he doesn't just come out and just throw crazy trying to rip your head off, but he still has the ability to rip your head off. So I think as he fights this more and more and gets more comfortable in it and people start to realize maybe, you know, if you're on a world-class level, you're type that tough type of guy, maybe you can go some rounds with AJ, but AJ's still in control. And then ultimately AJ closes a show. And maybe if you get a super tough guy like a Pavekin or he fights a weird type of, oh, Parker is so dangerous type of fight, which which was, in my opinion, nonsense. You get the rare decision here or there. But overall, I think that this is a better style for him for longevity. Now, I do have concerns with the Wilder fight or even a Fury fight. Like I said, I would get into that later after whoever wins, and we'll go over that, and I'll tell you what I think needs to change if he's fighting Fury or if he is fighting Deontay Wilder. Another fight that was on the card that we didn't cap, we didn't even talk about, was uh, the David Price, Sergey Kuzman fight. Uh, Price ended up getting stopped in that, but not like we usually think how he's laid out. You know, highlight real KO. Uh, apparently he had an arm injury. I heard it was a uh, bicep injury going into the fight. If that's the case, I don't really, I can't shed a tear for the guy. Like, if you're coming in injured and then that injury stops the fight, you quit on your stool because of that injury. I mean, uh, what can you say? I can't say he was just there for a paycheck because he was in the fight, actually. And that's the thing about Price that drives people crazy. He's a big dude. He's got a lot of physical advantages. And he's actually pretty talented. But that chinny chin chin man. And now in this case, if he's injured, if his body's going out, who the hell knows what's going on with this guy. So that's why I can never recommend anybody betting him. Even though I didn't really think much of Kuzman heading into this and the line was really wide. And we know Price can punch. But what can you say? Price is going to do okay and then he's going to get knocked out. Oh, he's going to do great. Then he's going to get knocked out. Something always happens with this guy. Always. It doesn't matter. It could be the fan man coming out of the sky and injuring him in the arena. Something always happens to this guy. It could be ahead. Could have knocked the guy down. Could be 2-2 on the scorecard. Something happens. And it happened again tonight. So I'm going to always have a very tough time backing price, recommending anybody back him, even when it looks like it's a good value, because I don't know if he's got a curse on him or what the hell is, but something always happens to that guy. Uh, another fight on the card was the Askin fight. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. I'm just going to say really quick, that was a terrible, utterly terrible garbage 
fight. I didn't think much of Lawrence going in. I thought Askin was going to be a step up. Maddie just totally blew it, man. Lawrence had three points taken away from him. He could have been DQ'd. No joke. He could have been DQ'd in this fight. There were headbutts. There were kidney shots. And the holding. My lord. The holding. I Wow. The holding. Maddie should have taken advantage of this. All he did was walk forward and get held. I capped that fight going in, looking at Lawrence and looking at Maddie to see what I liked. And all Lawrence does is hold. He does this all the time. Don't let anybody trick you and try to fool you that this was uh, uh, not a usual fight for Lawrence. This is how he fights. He throws one or two punches and he falls right in and holds. every. It doesn't matter who he's fighting. He could be fighting me. He would throw a punch, two punches, fall in, and hug me to death. That's what he does. Up until this point, he was able to land a power punch or two and then stop people. But obviously, Maddie was on a different level as far as, you know, talent goes. And this was a step up for Lawrence. So he wasn't able to do that. And that's what you got. 12 rounds of utter rubbish the entire night. Totally ridiculous. I don't want to see either of those guys ever fight each other again. And as far as Lawrence going forward, man, I mean, the guy was actually happy with his performance because he won the British title. I would be embarrassed. I cannot even believe a professional fighter in the Olympics. Then you've got like nine or ten pro fights that you fight like that. They actually train this guy to fight like that. See, I'm going to go on a rant. I'm not even going to touch it anymore. If you guys didn't see it, don't watch it. That's all I'm going to say. If you did see it, then you guys probably know what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry that you had to watch that. Uh, Campbell Mindy. That one went to Campbell points. And we touched on this fight. That was one of the fights along with the uh, Alexander Provekin fight that we did touch on. Um, I liked Mindy in this fight. I thought the lines were wide, and I probably liked him on points. I believe I said it was really high. I think it went up to like 5-1 to one on points. Um, I think we capped everything accurately on this. I said if you liked Campbell, you should take him by points. At one point, I believe it was as low as like 135 or 137. That did go up, and it closed a little higher. I believe it was somewhere like um, 160 at one point, and then it came back down. So depending on your book, you probably got him by decision at anywhere from like 35 to 60 and all of that was a really good line because he closed at minus 500 and when we did the pre-fight podcast he was right around 410 I thought that line was high stylistically I think we capped them perfectly they did what we thought they would do it was just Campbell did it a little bit better um, I don't agree at all with Brian Kenny's score that Campbell won every single round but then again I'm not a big fan of Brian Kenny. If you guys don't know who he is, he used to be the ESPN guy with the fluffy hair, Brian Kinney and Max Kellerman. I'm not a fan of Kinney. He, he reminds me of one of those I-know-it-all type of guys. But I thought it was ridiculous, absolutely insanity that anybody would say Campbell won all 12 rounds. I don't believe that at all. I do believe Campbell won the fight, clearly. I think it was a 9-3-8-4 type of fight. There were rounds there where Mindy was able to close the distance. And in those rounds... 
I believe he won the exchanges. But overall, Campbell was just able to control the pace and use his volume to outpoint Mindy. And we talked about that. Being in uh, the UK as well, it was a really good line for anybody that likes Campbell points. And I could definitely see why they took that. And we talked about that previous in the podcast. And I think Mindy did what he needed to do as far as stylistically. It's just he didn't get off as many punches as he did the first fight. Or better yet, Campbell was better at maintaining the distance than he was in the first fight when they fought. This time, Campbell was able to pop that jab out, and he did a lot of good body work. But truthfully, he did a lot of good body work in the first fight. Uh, Mindy's a very tough, hard. You could see he's just a tight guy, like physically strong. And those body shots really, I don't say, slowed him down. It's just that... Uh, Campbell's ability to land those punches and move was so much better than Mindy's ability to close the distance consistently. Now, he did it at times. That's why I said the 12 0 is ridiculous. He did it at times. I think everybody's going to say Campbell won. I just think people go overboard with how much a fighter is quote unquote dominating. He dominated the fight. He won the fight clearly. That doesn't mean the other guy can't win a single round. I mean, come on, guys. Mindy was there. I still think. Mindy is right there in that type of level, but obviously you can see how he loses fights. How do you beat Mindy? You beat him by volume because he has a good high guard. He uses that muff defense. He takes body shots, but you better be a lacious body puncher. He just walks right through him. Like he walked through every single shot Campbell threw. That's one of the reasons why I recommended if you liked Campbell, even though he has a high KO percentage, to go ahead and take him by points because one, Mindy is tough as nails. Two, he has a good defense. And three, Campbell really is more of a boxer counterpuncher. I think you're getting to a point where you're talking about levels, a level of talent in a fighter. He was able to knock out fighters that weren't as talented. And once you get up to this Mindy, even the Mindy type of level, where I believe Mindy was ranked something like 13th or 14th in the division, then I think you're getting to a point where he's just going to start outpointing people because really that's the style that he likes to do. You saw that in all of his most recent fights, he likes to do that. And if they're not on that level, then he can get them out. So that's something to look at when you're capping Campbell fights is the level of competition that he's facing. And sometimes you can get a much better line on him depending on what type of fighter he's facing. So in this case with Mindy, there was no reason to lay that 410 like we talked about because the odds of him stopping Mindy were so slim regardless of what his knockout record suggests. And so you could get the minus 130, minus 140, minus 150, minus 160, whatever the case was, that's a much, much better line. But overall, I thought they fought the way they were going to fight. And like I said, I got to give credit where credit is due. Um, Campbell did fight the better fight. He looked pretty good in there. I noticed he was going to his uh, left more in this fight. I don't like that from a southpaw. You should always stay away from the right hand. But I noticed he was trying to do that when he was totally out of range so you can make a case for that where he's so far out of range that Mindy can't hit him with the right hand but you notice there are times where he misgaged that distance and Mindy was hitting him with the right hands those are the times where Mindy was able to close the distance and get to him with some body shots and right hands and some of that was just because Luke was going the wrong way and he was mistiming that distance but overall I mean the kid did really good he really did he he used that jab and those body shots I love body shots in any combat sports but I really like that 
southpaw straight left or even the, the rear uppercut, the left uppercut to the body. And he did that all night long. It's just Mindy's a really tough dude and he was able to go through it and he was able to make it the distance. I don't believe that Mindy really thought he won. It was kind of strange when you saw him at the end where he had thought he had done so much, but maybe in his mind, he'll have to go back and watch it. I get it. You're pressing, you're pressing, you're pressing. So you automatically assume like I'm winning these rounds, but it was clear that Campbell's volume was just too much. He was accurate. He was throwing way more than Mindy. And while Mindy did have a few rounds here or there, it was just too far and few in between. He wasn't consistent enough to win the fight. So overall, that was a nice card. I think they did a good job with it. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you were on. If you cashed in on that Campbell, if you have AJ or if you took the under, just let me know. Let me know how you liked it. What you thought of the fights. What do you think about AJ moving forward? Who do you like? Fury, Wilder. You think AJ beats both of them? Does he beat one of them? Does he beat none of them? Hit me up. Let me know. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.